welcome to a bonus introductory ap- ap- appendage to the Heat Check Podcast. <laughs> I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, by Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, it is uh, 11.34 p.m. The Heat just had their best win of the year in some ways, uh, beating the Bucks uh, with a closing lineup of Kyle Lowry, Caleb Martin, Max Struess, Casey Okpala, and who am I missing? Oh, P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker, of course, playing uh, center for the Heat down the stretch to beat Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks. Uh, we're going to do a quick little opening segment here to, to lead into a uh, a very totally out-of-focus uh, other 35 minutes. It, ignore the last 35 minutes. The of doom and gloom <laughs> Heat, because, um, uh, yeah, at least for one night, the Heat uh, made, made, it, made it fun after a really – yeah, we're, that's the second half of this episode is what the last week has been like, basically, which has been not very fun. And then tonight was a, uh, you know, every heat culture cliche you can imagine uh, personified as a basketball game. And the Heat uh, pull out a win against the Bucks to, uh, you know, it's a big one to, you know, they, they need to steal wins like that, right? To, yeah. to Basically, that's what we're going to say in the second half of this episode, to stay afloat. Anytime you can steal a win like that these days, that that's huge. Yeah. First off, can I can I ask the Heat or whoever makes the schedule, like, can you stop playing on Wednesday? I mean, seriously, it's really not good for a schedule. Yeah. And the timing of it is just awful. But anyway, um, yeah, it feels like the Heat have a few of these games every season, right? Like yes, where they just definitely. And, and it's Eric Spoelstra's like favorite game. Like he wishes he could have this game all the time, right? Um, it, yeah, it was a really, I guess, inspiring performance. You know, uh, yeah, Kyle Lowry played well, especially in that third quarter. Um, he had 22 points and 13 assists. Didn't shoot it well, but I think he had 16 points in the third, in, or 14 points in the in the third quarter, which was huge. I mean, that was the best quarter of the game. They outscored the Bucks by 13, kind of won the game in that period. Um, but, and P.J. Tucker also did what P.J. Tucker does, um, but it was really, I mean, Caleb Martin played the best game of his NBA career. Yep. Career-high 28 points on a career-high six made threes. Also had eight rebounds, three assists. I mean, And a couple, points, like, yams. <laughs> yeah, and 28 points on 12 shots. Like, yeah. that's like Jimmy Butler status. <laughs> like, the the level of efficiency was, was really impressive. And then KZ probably also had the best performance of his NBA career. Um 10 points, 4 or 5 shooting, 2 of 2 from 3, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks, a steal. Um, you know, he made shots, which is a plus with KZ, but really his biggest contribution was defensively. I, I mean, can't believe when he made that corner 3 at the end. I thought there was no way that shot was going in. Um, no comment. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he's very he's He's shown the ability to hit the corner three, yeah, especially yeah. last season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's been inconsistent with his shot, but that's kind of his offensive game. Like he hits, he needs to hit that shot to be on the floor because that's really what that's really the shot he's going to get in his offense. Um, but defensively, just his ability to switch and stand in front of basically one through five. Um, you know, is he always in the right spots? No, but it's just a unique skill set. And without Bam, we talk, we touched on it later in the podcast. He would like to stay playing their switch heavy defense. They don't want yeah. to play drop defense. I mean, they're, they're, the way they like to play is to limit opportunities around the rim, and that's by, by switching. Um, and KZ gives them the ability to do that. And if he can hit shots, um, you know, he might play more often than not when Bam is out. Um, now that's contradicting to what we talk about later on, but 
Um, we didn't realize, you know, KZ kind of out of the rotation the past few games, hadn't been playing yeah. well. But if he plays like this, um, I don't see why he won't play um, pretty consistently yeah. over well, the next month. Well, well, the one thing we are going to say here at the end uh, of this episode, in the, in the full part of it, is that commitment to, like, the offense. Um, and, you know, they freaking chucked threes tonight, and uh, it uh, – it went a long way, right? I think Titus, Titus, tied for the franchise record in three-pointers. Yeah. So. Not a franchise record, 22 made threes. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, that is still going to be the recipe in a lot of ways. Um, I, I want to, before we wrap up here and get to the rest of the episode, um, you meant, you touched on KZ. I think that was a good uh, analysis of his play. Uh, the other ones, uh, the other couple things I wanted to hit on, Caleb Martin, how, you know, they're going to need him a lot. Uh, you know, how much is this? Yeah, obviously it's, it's the best game of his NBA career. The chance, he's probably not going to have another game like that all year. But, um, you know, can he, can he be like the guy for them here a little bit? Like, do you, do you buy into him as a, like, that, not that he's going to be this for them, but that he, I don't know, that he's taken a little bit of a leap. You know, this, he's obviously been kind of trending up all year. Yeah. I mean, he's been, he's been an energy player for them for most of the season, especially like just energy on defense, plays good on the top of the zone. Um, but he's been shooting 31% on threes, and last year he was not good on uh, a, a, not a good three point shooter either. Um, tonight he makes six threes, like that's a huge help. I don't I don't know if that will continue. Um, but he 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 made note of this after the game. He's like, I've been a scorer. Like that was my game in college. I was a scorer, and this is just me getting more really opportunity. Good team, by the way, that Nevada team, they were like a three seed one year, two seed. Yeah, and you could tell like he's skilled offensively. Um, it's just that sh- that three point shot has not been going in for him. If he could hit that three point shot, he's athletic enough and is good off the dribble, like and good enough off the dribble where yeah he can score in double digits, especially if he's in a starting role while Jimmy's out. Um, and is given this opportunity. I, I don't know if he scored twenty eight, um, but I think the three point shot is super important for him because it keeps teams off balance. You could tell the Bucks were kind of giving him the shot, um, and he hit him tonight. So yeah. You know, I don't know if that's sustainable. Probably six of eight, probably not. Um, but if he could hit 35, 37%, um, that would be pretty big for his game. And then just kind of big picture, you know, it's, it's obviously a good win. Like we said, it's a fun win. Um, if we had come on, let's say we were recording our episode uh, 24 hours from now and how do you think the tone would have changed? Like, do, do you think this changes anything about how you feel? Is the KZ bright, like, was you know, we, we hadn't really had a KZ bright spot. Does one KZ bright spot change things? Does that Caleb Martin performance change things? The way you think about what this next, like you said, next month plus can be like for this team? Or is this just the one, the one fun night they were going to, you know, now, like we said, there's one or two of these a year for the Heat. Do, do, is it just coincidence that right when it seemed to be its most dire is, is when this game popped up? I mean, the KZ thing is is, is a new development, something yeah. I probably did not expect. But other than that, I mean, did I expect him to win this game? I'd be lying if I said I did, right? I mean, they're playing the defending NBA champions with Giannis, and they don't have Jimmy and Bam. Um, but I, I still, like we talked about later in the podcast, like I still think they're okay, you know? It, this doesn't mean they're going to now, you know, be – a dominant team without Bam and Jimmy. Like, they still need Bam and Jimmy, and there's going to be bumps along the road with those guys out, for sure, especially with this long road trip coming up. Yeah. Um, but it's important that they steal, these, steal some of these games, like you mentioned. And as long as they survive this stretch, the tough stretch, um, I think they'll be okay. They have a favorable stretch on the end. 
you know, Jimmy should be back, you know, somewhat soon, I would think, and Bam is still going to be back for the second half of the season. Um, and tonight showed that, look, they do have other guys on this team that can step up um, in certain nights. I mean, if I would have told you before the game, David, that he were going to beat the Bucks with Tyler Hero scoring, what, nine points on like three of nine shooting, that, there's no way you would, you would have said I was yeah. crazy. Yeah, um, I mean, the way they closed that game where, you know, they, I, I'm sure this plan was not to finish with that group of five, and they were just, just kept rolling, and, you know, we never saw Tyler in the last ten minutes or whatever, eight minutes. I don't know when that, that lineup came in. Probably around the eight-minute mark, right? They, I think they played the end of the game. Um, and we never saw Duncan at the end, right? Like, it was just they, – they rolled with the guys that were working, and, um, you know, and it kind of reminded me of, like, you know, the Rockets when they came back against the, the Clippers where it was like, are these guys really – like, because remember it was like Josh Smith and, like, yeah. it was like – are these guys really going to get it done? Obviously on a much smaller scale tonight, but uh, it just kept working, and, and the Heat, like we, like I said at the top, um, yeah, probably the best win of the year for them, right Right when it seemed to be at its most uh, dire. Yeah, that's uh, such a Heat game, such a Heat win. I know. Um, yeah, it was it was a really good win. Probably the, you know, I, I, that Nets road win, I know they were healthy in that game. But yeah, that yeah, was really that's, that's the other too one. Early in the year. Yeah, early in the year. Um, and, and I, and I want to point out that, you know, the three-point shooting is, is so important with Bam and Jimmy out. Um, yes. And each game that they have um, – and each game they have they have won. I think they've won three games without Bam and Jimmy this season. They've shot over 40% on threes. Um, it's almost essential to them winning mm-hmm. um, without those guys. So that was huge. Um, and, again, is that sustainable? Probably not. But they're gonna get hot every once in a while. Maybe yeah, you're gonna hit most. Yeah. You know, most NBA teams will hit, shoot better than forty percent once every however many games. Like, you know, it's not an uncommon feat anymore. So, yeah, that he can obviously win games like that. I uh, didn't, like I said, didn't expect him to win this one, uh, <laughs> as you guys are gonna hear in the rest of this episode. But, um, you know, every every win counts. Uh, we talk about the whiplash of an NBA season, and and uh, that. This episode is going to be uh, some real whiplash, I think, for for people. Feel free to make fun of us for the rest of the episode. Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, without further ado, uh, let's get to the rest of this episode. Hello, and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's up? So, David, so when do we start talking about the Hurricanes and Mario Cristobal? Um, uh, let's do 10 minutes on the Heat and then 45 <laughs> on, on the Canes. Yeah, it's been an eventful week uh, in Miami and how is, how because is your, of the Heat injuries. Yeah, we're recording this Wednesday afternoon. How is, we, we obviously talk Canes. People know you're a Hurricanes fan. Um, how do you, I'm not a like, Hurricane fan anymore. Now I'm just a follower. Now that I'm you're employed, a follower. I'm you're ready. interested. How yeah. how did you handle yesterday? Where like you, uh, I guess the Heat were in practice didn't, didn't practice yesterday. So were you just sitting there all day, just like uh, watching watching all the tweets? Like how how did you spend your your Mario Cristobal day? I just really just kept refreshing Twitter. Yeah. To see the, the the you know updates from you, from Michelle, from Susan, from Barry, my colleagues, um, and others. Um, and then the day of the press conference, I literally stopped what I was doing, which was writing a heat story to, to watch it streaming online. 
So, uh, it was, yeah, it's been, I just like, I mean, in general, like, I just like following kind of the news and and kind of the the chase. I mean, every fan, I feel like sports fans and followers of sports these days, like, they like to pursue, sometimes the pursuit of things more than, like, the actual games, um, just because it's, like, more more of a mystery and more exciting. And I think that chase of Mario Cristobal, it was definitely, as you know, David, very eventful. A lot of different, um, reports along the way um a lot of twists and turns so it was just a fun story to follow um and then just to see kind of him it just come together so quickly i felt like like just i feel like over the last month like things have just come together so quickly and all of a sudden the hurricanes are offering a coach eight million dollars a year like out of nowhere with something they've never done um just crazy how much things have changed over the past month yeah, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty wild day, and and I can't remember the last time that the people, the, the city was more excited about the Canes than the Heat. It's been a little while, but the Heat, it's been a, uh, I don't know, pretty, pretty, pretty rough week here, basically, even since before the Bam injury, but obviously, especially since the Bam injury, and then Jimmy's been missing time. Uh, it's not not been a fun couple of Heat games to watch. Feels like every game they're getting blown out, it, like in the first ten minutes. Yeah, three straight home losses. Um... Two of them by double digits. One, the other one by nine points. So basically and they were by double digits. For most of that game. Yeah, yeah. I think I think game Vince had like weirdly a that was end. almost the biggest blowout of any of them. Right, and it ended up being by nine. So yeah, they you know it has not been a good week for the Heat. Um, and you know I I, I don't want to downplay it because four out of five losses is not good um, for a team in a really competitive Eastern Conference um, that could really set you back. Um, and you know they have a few tough games coming up without Bam. And, you know, Jimmy's going to miss tonight's game. We're taping Wednesday, like you said, against the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Really tough game with Alabama Jimmy. They play the Bulls on Saturday um, before going on a four-game trip. So there's a chance that this could get even worse. Um, but, look, I mean, what do you expect when they don't have Bama Jimmy? Yeah. Right? I mean, do you, do, if, even if the Heat were 20-2 and two before these injuries, if those two guys go out and they're playing the Bucks, like or the Bulls, like they're going to be underdogs, big underdogs. Um, so I think it's at this point, you're just trying to survive until at least one of them comes back. I mean, Jimmy is, is the one that you would think would be back next, maybe next week or so, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Bam is out to mid January, most likely. Um, if you could just survive until Jimmy comes back and maybe win one or two here in the next week, um, I I think you're okay. Um, but, you know, they've kind of, I don't want to say wasted, but that, that really fast and strong start. Um, it's looking more like it just built a cushion for them to not to to, to survive this kind of stretch because yeah, they're, they're, I mean they could be back at 500 in a few days. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it's gone. We're recording this like we said on Wednesday afternoon, so there's a lot of games to be played tonight, obviously. But the Heat uh, already two games behind the Bucks, tied for fourth right now with the Wizards. Um, you know, the Heat could always win tonight, but I they're probably pretty big underdog. I don't know what the number is. Uh, without Bam and Jimmy, I'm not banking on them winning. Um, the Wizards play the the Pistons, so um, you know if the Heat loses, Wizards win. All of a sudden, the Heat's down in a fifth, and, and the Sixers uh, play the the Hornets. And they could win that game, and all of a sudden, you know this. Well, actually, the Sixers and Hornets—they're both they're tied for sixth right now. So the Heat are going to be potentially in sixth place uh, by the time this episode comes out, which is uh, like you said, kind of crazy considering how fast this start was. Yeah, I mean it just. An NBA season is long. It's cliche. Yeah, it's long. But it's and we've been talking. I mean, even when the Heat was off to a, such a hot start, um, 
it was a really crowded top of the East with the Nets were off to a really good start. The Bulls, both those teams have kept rolling. Uh, the Wizards have basically kind of had the exact same trajectory as the Heat where they've kind of run into a little rough patch here. Um, the Bucks are the one team that's like started slow and has risen, but yeah, it was, you know, they, they never separated when, I don't want to say they had a chance to separate, but when, um, you know, everyone, every, when the Heat was playing well, everyone was playing well. And now those, some of those teams are still playing well in the Heat. Uh, have been really hit by the injury bug and it's derailed things. Yeah, and and I'll say this like I think before the season, you know, in training camp, just because of the Heat's like road heavy schedule over the first half of the of the season, um, maybe would I think you would take probably around five hundred once you like at, at the at the at the halfway mark, considering how many road games they play, and then you try to make up ground in the second half when you have just a ton of home games. Right. Um, and that might be where the Heat ends up, like especially without Bam and Jimmy, they might just end up being like a, you know, at the halfway mark, you know, twenty three and or twenty two and like you know, twenty or something like that. Um, it, it might just end up being something like that where they're gonna have to just try to hover on five hundred until they get Bam and Bam back, especially in mid January, and then they could take advantage of um, a lot of a lot of home games um, down the stretch. So. Uh, you know, it's it's tough. They're in a tough stretch right now, um, but I, I wouldn't be overly concerned because I still expect this team um, to be competing for home court in the first round, and especially when healthy, I, I I think they could really take any team in the East to to you know make it a competitive series. So uh, the the main thing is you want to get healthy, yeah, and you want to just want to try to get a top five seed. I think those are the two goals you have to have to try to accomplish um, the rest of the way. Yeah, which kind of sucks because uh, for a while we were like, oh, this seems yeah. to be a top two, top three seed, and that makes right. a huge Expectations difference. changed, right. Um, yeah. Now, you know, I don't want to say they're going to be out of it for a top three seed because, um, you know, I think Brooklyn and Milwaukee, I, I feel pretty confident at this point that they're going to be top three seeds. The Bulls are obviously still like the X factor in there where they've been, you know, they look like a title contender right now, but they've come so far out of nowhere that I there still is, I don't know, you can't help but feel like they're going to hit a sh- losing streak of their own at some point here. But maybe they won't. And if that happens, then, yeah, you're you're fighting for the four the rest of the way. Like, it's you're going to probably have given up too much ground to two really good teams and maybe three really good teams, depending on how you feel about the Bulls, to realistically climb back into that top three. Um, assuming this stretch here goes the way it does, and then you know you're fighting with the Wizards, the Sixers, Hornets, uh, you know Hawks, Celtics are, are hanging around too. Knicks are hanging around a little bit. Um, like you're you're fighting with a, a really crowded group of teams, mostly flawed teams, to get that four seed. And you know I think the Heat is pr- pretty clearly the best of that group when everything is Healthy. clicking right yeah. and when they've got their full complement of players. But um, you know, none of those teams are dealing with injuries the way the Heat is right now, and and they could be, you know, it would by the time Bam gets back in January or whenever, I guess mid January is basically when that yeah, could be four or yeah. six week timeline. You know, the Heat could be in eighth place, ninth place behind a bunch of those teams, and you would feel good about them like coming from behind because you you trust the Heat, you trust their players, but. You know, you're at that point. You're relying on other teams to screw up, basically. Yeah, it's not where you want to be. Yeah, it's not where you want to be. It's it's not where you want to be. And and 
and, I, and marathon, I will say, not a sprint, but uh, yeah. it's nice when you're leaving the marathon. Yeah, I think expectations definitely changed when they started, you know, whatever, 7-1 and one or whatever, you know, yes, yeah, 6-1, and one, um, and they beat Brooklyn on the road, and they beat Dallas on the road, and, um, yeah, they beat Utah twice, like. Yeah, I mean, the consensus around this team in the preseason was playoffs was going to be when they were at their best, and then right. quickly it flipped to, oh, this team's an awesome regular season team, too, because <laughs> so many guys that play so hard. Right, and and they probably would would still be if they were healthy. But unfortunately, I think that was always the question with this team. Right. I mean, The that, reason I think that people thought this yeah. was not going to be a great regular season team is sort of because of exactly what we're seeing. Not the yeah. BAM injury, which is obviously just like a, you know, he tore his finger, like it happens. But like Jimmy banged up, Kyle, and now, Kyle up and down, like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and I still think even without BAM and Jimmy, the one thing I will say is losing by 15 to the Grizzlies at home, Without John Morant, not good, right? I mean, yeah, you know, losing to the Bucks, you know, on the road without Bam and Jimmy is one thing, but losing to the Grizzlies at home by double digits, that probably shouldn't happen. But I really do think that they seem trying to figure out figure out what it's going to be without those two right now. They still don't know. I mean, it, it's a huge adjustment. I mean, so much of what they do is built around Bam and Jimmy um, defensively with the way they switch. And they're playing a lot more zone now because those two guys are out, um, which is probably not something they would like to do normally, rely on the zone to, to be their base defense pretty much. Um, and also offensively, you know, those are two huge hubs for this offense. Mm-hmm. Um, now this offense is going through pretty – I mean, it's Kyle and Tyler. I mean, Kyle's the only – Kyle's the, pretty much the creator on the floor the entire game, and Tyler too. I mean, those are the two guys the offense is going through. Um, Tyler's usage rate is like comparable to Jason Tatum over the last four games while, while Bam and Jimmy have been out. Um, so it's just, you're depending on guys that, you know, in a secondary role, they're great, but when you need them to lead a team, um, it's a totally different thing. And, and, and the offense changes when it, when you're going through Tyler and not going through Bam. Um, so I, I think they're really in a, in a, in a phase right now where they're just trying to figure things out. Um, I don't know if they will be able to before Jimmy comes back and, you know, in the next few games, probably. Um, but they're going to try against Milwaukee and Chicago and try to get at least one win here on this homestand. Yeah, I, I think basically this little stretch here, it's we're going to get a little bit of an answer to the question of like, and again, it won't be the full answer because we still have 50 games left in this season, more, 55, I guess, at this point, basically. Um, but we're going to get a little bit of an answer to the question of like, what is Kyle Lowry right now? Like, is he... You know, because he's been pretty good. Obviously, we were really high on him to start the year. But, like, this is, you know, this is why you have three All-Stars, right? Is because when two All-Stars are out, you need another All-Star to carry the load. And, um, you know, I've kind of been of the belief for a long time that Kyle Lowry is probably not an All-Star anymore. And I think we're kind of getting the proof of that a little bit right now. He's, like, an incredible role player who fits with certain teams in such a perfect way. But, like, like you said, I... Grizzlies without John Morant, you can't beat them. Like, what does that say about the supporting cast of this team? That that they're clearly, you know, the depth of, like, that was a fun little story for a little bit is, you know, it's it's buoyed a lot by the fact that you have Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, who are two of the top 20 players in the league or whatever. Yeah, and I think the thing about Kyle and, and why he's been so valuable before, you know, this this specific stretch is he, he – he complimented Bam and Jimmy right, exactly. so well, right? Like he brought out the best in them, 
It's um, like now, ceiling razor versus floor razor, right? Like exactly. I think that's the perfect. Not razor floor right, right now, which that's fine, but it hurt. Like you, that's why you have three all stars is because you need to survive a stretch like this, and the Heat just really right now don't look like it can. But like you said, when they get everyone back, the ceiling goes up because you have a guy like Kyle Lowry. Yeah, uh, it, and, and Tyler, I think, has to. I mean, a lot of it's on him too, and he has yeah. had a really good season, and he still played well even with the, with Bam and Jimmy out. Um, but it's just tough to expect him to to keep up his level of efficiency when he's his usage rate is like spiking, and he's taking more tough shots, and he's being relied on to score you know twenty five plus a game without those two, and also you know having to maybe guard a better player because Bam and Jimmy aren't out there. Um, it's just a lot of, to put on him right now. Yeah. Uh, and a guy no yeah. one expected to be a, a sixth man of the year contender. It was such a bold prediction. It was pretty bold. He's going to be the best player on the team. Right. I mean, he he is their. I mean, he is their go. You look at all the numbers. He is their go-to guy at this point. Yeah. Without those two. Um, and yeah, I mean, and and Duncan too. You know, some of it, it's really on Kyle Duncan and 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 Tyler to to really carry this offense and to lead this offense without. Bam and Jimmy, um, but the offense does not look good at all, um, as expected, without yeah. the two best players. And I think that's the main thing. Like, people are freaking out, and I get it. You know, it's you know, this is like we said, like they could fall in the standings fast with the way the East is set up right now. But they're missing their two best players. It's an unfortunate situation, um, and they shouldn't lose to the Grizzlies by 15. But the fact of the matter is, they're going to struggle without Bam and Jimmy. Yeah, there's just no way around it. Um, so it's just about trying to to survive and and good thing for the Heat that they did build, build that cushion because if not this could, I mean they could have been five games under right now or yeah. you know even it could be worse um, so they just got to find a way to survive until those guys come back yeah and it feels like those two guys missing is kind of exposing all the flaw like every little flaw we were kind of talking about right before the Bam injury is just been like Matt brought Matt really into the light like because you know the Duncan thing we're like. When he was not making shots, it was like, and you, but you got those guys out there. You can say like, all right, whatever. We'll like let him shoot him, shoot his way out of it. He's still creating space for all these guys who attack the rim. Um, he still has value. Um, you know, maybe we'd have two more wins if he was shooting forty percent instead of thirty percent. Um, but you know, when, once you lose Bam and, and Jimmy, like that really gets exposed. Like you, re, you need those points now. They're, they're not just the luxury. The spacing only does so much when, you know, he's he becomes goes from being the fourth focus of the off of defenses to the second guy they're worried. Like, it's it's everything that he was providing a value like doesn't exist anymore when those guys are out, unless he's hitting those shots again, which you know they they need him to get those to get the offense going again. And the defense, even right before you know, is the the Memphis or not Memphis. Uh, uh, Denver game that I was, yeah. I was there with you it was sliding a little bit. That yeah. was the day the defense dropped from fourth to tenth. It was a, a topic of conversation, um, and then obviously you lose uh, Bam and Jimmy. It makes your defense a lot worse. Those are two of the again two potential all defense caliber guys, and um, so the the couple things that you would nitpick is, is they were fourteen and seven, I think, at one point or something like that. Uh, thirteen and seven, maybe thirteen six. I don't know. Um, those have all like really been exposed now when you don't have Bam and Jimmy to cover up so much on the defense and to uh, bail out, you know, lift an offense with with some guys who are like passengers kind of and just hanging on and 
doing a little bit here and there, guys that you needed a lot more from. Yeah, I mean, things are trending in, in kind of a bad direction even before those and they, guys Yeah, they out. were yeah. before, yeah. Um, not a, I mean, not in a bad direction, but just they weren't as good as they were to start the year. Yeah, they had stagnated. Yeah, they had reached a point where, like, things just weren't improving at the same rate. Um, and it just got, yeah, it just <laughs> it accelerated that process with those two guys out. Um, and I, one area, too, that's interesting is the rebounding. You spoke so much about the rebounding to start the season, how good it was, how dominant they were on the boards. They were like the number one offensive rebounding team and like number two defensive rebounding team at one point. Um, after last year, that was one of their weaknesses. And we were like, what, you know, what's going on? How is this happening? And all of a sudden, like over the past 10 games, they've been one of the worst in, you know, worst teams in rebounding. And some of that is injuries, but even when Bam was in there, like the rebounding just wasn't what it was to start the year. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, injuries have played a big factor in it. I think also teams have adjusted to maybe what the Heat were doing to start the year. Um, and, you know, the Heat have had to adjust back, but at this point it's hard to adjust back. When you don't yeah, have that's the thing players. that kind of sucks so, is you lose yeah. that chance to figure things out, basically, yeah. right? You're sacrificing a month plus here where most teams are trying things, right? It's the kind of like this overall, we're basically in the dog days, right? We're, we're getting pretty close to Christmas. That stretch between Christmas and the All-Star break is kind of the dog days, and maybe it's a good thing they're getting bam back right around then because a lot of teams are kind of, uh, you know, I think coasting a little bit for that stretch, and maybe the Heat can pile up some wins once he gets back if they're the most urgent team in the league, which is a possibility at that point. Um, but at the same time, like, this is the time when you'd be, like you said, teams have adjusted to the Heat. This was the time to adjust back. Now they've got to wait until February to really, like, kind of start – figuring out whether what they were doing at the start of the year was getting figured out or um, and, and if they need to change things or if they just – it was, you know, the natural course of the season and you were going to play better some nights than others. It's kind of yeah. hard. Like, we, we didn't get that answer. If, the, if this slide had kind of kept going for – like, if, if Bam was still in here and they had kept losing those games or whatever, we'd have a much different tone talking today than, sure. than we do right now, obviously. Right now, I, I, I feel like it's still like – I don't – I don't know what the Heat team is long term. I don't know if they're the title contender we thought they were through uh, yeah. three weeks, or if we, they're we, another really good team. I think they're a really good team, um, but are they the fourth best team in the East instead of the second or third? You know, right. it's a big difference. Yeah, I, th- I think we could say they're a good team. A, you know, a team that would fight for home court in the, you know in the first rounds when healthy and probably get it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know at this point what their ceiling is, right? And and a big part of that too is. I mean, we haven't talked about it much because it just feels like it's we haven't really received an update, but Victor Oladipo. I mean, yep. what is he going to be like when he gets back? I mean, it's not just Bam and Jimmy. You're also missing Victor, who... Yeah, we were thinking that could be around the same time Victor gets back, right? Sometime January, yeah. early February, maybe? Yeah, I, I think February, March, and part of April before the playoffs, that's going to be huge for this team. I, I you know, I keep hearing, like, a February, March for Victor um, for his return. You know, mm-hmm. we'll see. When that happens, I've heard that for now for months. Like March was kind of the month that they thought was probably most realistic. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what, what does this team look like with him in the rotation? Yeah. Um, they, they, we don't know the ceiling of this team yet. We, we just don't. I think we know the floor a little better than the, the ceiling because we know that, again, we know they're probably a top five team in the East when healthy. Um, but floor, I mean, with ceiling, I, I don't know what they can be when, when they have all, the, all their guys available. Um, but the one thing I want to point to before – we move on is 13 of 17 at home to close the season. Yeah. Uh, that's always going to be like kind of like 
the thing you point to when things are going bad because you hope that at that point you have Victor available, Bam and Jimmy available, um, and you can really take advantage of that. And yeah, maybe yeah, you went to you like thirteen four, and four down the stretch. You're right. in pretty good shape. Yeah, maybe you went to the stretch four or five games over only, and you know you're maybe right in that five seed. But if you can go thirteen and four, like you said, you might be able to jump into number three. So that's really going to be an important stretch for this team. And I think if you can get into that, you know, get into that stretch healthy, I think they'll be in a good spot. Yeah, tread water here, rack up yeah. some wins in, in January when Bam gets back and everyone else is just trying to get to the all-star break and you know you need to make up some ground and then Take figure things hand. out down the stretch. I think that's a, that's a pretty good recipe the rest of the way uh, that hopefully keeps you out of the play-in. You really don't want to end up in the play-in, which, again, I don't think they will. But uh, if this stretch here goes poorly, like really poorly, you never know. Yeah. You never know. I mean, it's there's right now – uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, ten teams between, no, I'll say nine teams between 11 and 13 and 14 and 11. So those teams are all within three, two and a half games of each other, basically. So, uh, they hear, yeah. they hear a game and a half out of 11th place. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, right. Like the Knicks are, are 500 yeah. and they are right now outside of the, uh, the play in. So, um, you know, it, it could easily happen. Uh, you know, I think, again, the Heat, yeah, you know, I'm expecting the Cavs to fall off at some point. The Raptors, I don't think, are very good. Um, you know, the Hornets have been a nice story, but are they really going to be a seven, six, seven seed, or are they more like a nine, ten, eleven? Like the Heat should should be fine, but you never know because there's a lot of teams hanging around right now. Yeah, you didn't mention the Wizards there. You have, you have faith in the Wizards? They're they're fit. they're going to be in the play-in, I think, at least. Yeah. I agree. I think well, that, I think it seems like the Raptors, the uh, the Cavs, those are the teams I think might be out of the whole thing come playoff time. Yeah, that's fair. I, I agree with all that. Although the Cavs are interesting, they're interesting. They're, yeah, they've been playing well, but they're I, you know it's still just maybe maybe I'm biased, not biased. Maybe I just like still have the Cavs stigma, but you know the Wizards. The Wizards have been having a little similar trajectory to the Heat. I, I will say it's been a. Uh, a lot of angst among my my Wizards fan friends about what's been going on the last like three weeks. There, a lot of like uh, a lot of frustrating losses. It sounds like I haven't been watching them really, but that's, that's it's just it's just it, I don't know how. I mean, is baseball like this too? Where just I feel like in the NBA, fans react so strongly to like one result. Like it can be it's, like it's one weird. Game. It's like we're, I I don't think so. I mean, baseball definitely not right because it's 162. But yeah, bas- basketball. And, you know, we're not a hockey town in the same way, like, you know, like the the Canadian hockey kind of does because the Canadians went to the Stanley Cup last year and fired their GM and their, like, entire front office, like, three weeks into this season. Um, So, like, yeah, something about the 82-game schedule, it's, like, just few enough that, like, every game feels really meaningful, even if it isn't necessarily. I don't know. Save your save your game by game panic for for uh, the Dolphins or whatever. The Dolphins or and, and Mario Cristobal in the Hurricanes. Yeah, yeah. Mario Cristobal and Jim Laranega and, and those when, guys. When Mario if Mario's first loss, people will be calling for him to be fired. Can't I know. Wait. I know. Can't um, wait. All right, let's take a quick break and then we will come back uh, talk a little about how the Heat has been replacing Bam and and wrap up a little bit more Mario talk. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to stay for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, when we recorded last week, it was right before the first game that he played without Bam, uh, right after his thumb surgery was announced. He had that thumb surgery yesterday, successful, which is always good to hear. I don't think it would tell us if it was unsuccessful. but uh, I was going to say, I'm still waiting for that first press release yeah. where they say it's an unsuccessful surgery. Yeah, so it's successful, whatever that means. Um, Heat have obviously, it's not gone well without Bam, as we <laughs> detailed in the top. Um, what do you thought about the way they've tried to replace him here in the what has it been three games since four games I think? Yeah, I I think they're taking like a game by game approach. Yeah. Where they don't really have a set formula to replace him. I mean, I think that the one constant obviously is Dwayne Dedman. He's going right. to start in his place until pretty much until Bam returns. Um, and he's you know no nobody's really been great since Bam's been out, but he's been fine. You know, he's he's done pretty much what's expected. Um, as as you know, what he's provided off the bench is kind of a steady, reliable option and a big who can rebound and, and score on the rim. Um, but, I mean, they've tried KZ as, you know, off the bench. Um, that was short-lived. He played the first game that Ben went out um, as the first big off the bench, and I don't think he's taken on that role since. Um, they've tried um, uh, Udonis Haslam even. I think he got even got some minutes in the second game. Um, um Bam missed. Um, he hasn't played that much, but he, he has, you know, been given the opportunity to kind of fill some of those minutes. Um, and Omer Year 7 has kind of probably been the most impressive one. Um, yeah. It's your prediction, prediction coming to life. Yeah, I mean, look, he's he's still young. He still has growing pains. You could see it. Um, he's trying to find his spots on offense. You know, in, in the summer league, he was like pretty much the go-to guy, him and Max Drews. And here he's more of a secondary, um, you know, shot taker. Um, and, and that's different for him. He's so skilled offensively that you feel like every time he gets the ball, he should probably take a shot, right? Um, yeah. But he's trying to find his spots. He's, he's a good, he's, you know, as we know, he's a good rebounder. He has six blocks in four games. Um, defensively, you know, he's they're playing a lot of zone when he's in there. So I think that's been a transition for him too, just kind of learning how to be, be at the center of that zone. Um, but I, I think, I honestly think he's probably – more games than not, the guy you go, the guy I would turn to off the bench while Bam is out because he 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 does have upside. He's a good offensive player. You need offense with 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 Bam out, and especially when Jimmy's out. Um, and defensively, he's a shot blocker. Yeah, you know, is he gonna have his mistakes? Sure, it's, it's gonna happen. Um, but he's a shot blocker. At least he can protect the rim, and he's gonna rebound, which again is something else you need with Bam out. So, I think, you know. While while Spolstra has changed his approach every game, I think Yurt Seven is probably the guy that's going to stick when it's all said and done for the next month. Um, the other the other 
You're not just trying to get your prediction right. Well, that's too. That that too. Yeah, I'm a little biased. Um, But (laughs) but also PJ Tucker. I mean, he he's played PJ Tucker a lot at center over the last four games. Mixed results. Um, Defensively, the Heat have not been good with PJ as the big. Um, So I don't know if that's going to stay. You know, if he's going to continue trying that combination. Um, But he's gone with that. I think in two or at least two of the games that Bam's missed. Um, he went with that for most of Monday's game against the Grizzlies. Um, PJ, they didn't play Omar, – Omar didn't play until P.J. was in foul trouble late in the third quarter. Um, P.J. was kind of that, that big when Deadman was out. Mm-hmm. So those that's kind of how they've approached it. I, you know, we still don't know what – again, what you know what the answer will be because I don't even know they, if they know it yet, and I think it might just be matchup-based uh, yeah. for the time being. Yeah, I like the idea of your uh, – one of my problems with the Heat the last – really last year, I guess, mostly, and, and even some during the bubble year. Um, obviously, I'm working out in the end, but it always felt like they were kind of trying to split the difference with their identity, where, like, they probably should have just been an offensive-minded team, um, but they were, you know, they were playing a lot of Andre Vidala because they liked his defense when you probably should have just, like, had Duncan and, and Tyler Hero out there or whatever. Um, and I, will, I that's the one thing I worry about right now is that, like you said, with your, like, do they panic? Do they not want to play him because of his defense um, right now? But, like, that shouldn't – to me, it shouldn't matter. You should just go all in on the offense right now when you're you're missing your two best defensive players. Your defense is not going to be good right now. Like, it, you're going to have – you know, you're going to have the baseline level, like, Eric Spolster coaches defense well. You're going to have, like, a fine defense. But I think you just got to kind of go all in one way or the other. And uh, I think right now with the personnel you have available – Team's got to be a pretty high-scoring team, and obviously it's tough to do when Duncan's not shooting well or when when Kyle Lowry's not scoring well. But I just still feel like without Bam and Jimmy, the path for this team to tread water is to get into some of these shootouts, like some of these other I don't want to say other bad teams, but like these bad teams do, right? Like teams can you can win just by getting into shootouts enough. And I think the Heat with some of the, you know, they got some good shooters on the roster with Kyle and Tyler and Duncan and um, Struce, Gabe Vincent. Like, I think getting into shootouts might be the way to go, and, and I think your helps, you know, that that's that's a good fit for him. Block some shots on one end, do some stuff on offense on the other end. Yeah, and, re- and just rebound, right? He's a good offensive yeah, rebounder, rebound. a good defensive yeah. rebounder. Um, that's important right now. Um, and I, I will say, I think, you know, I don't, this is just my guess, I feel like the reason, aside from just P.J. Tucker knows what he's doing and he's a veteran and he's going to be in the right spots and he's not going to make that many mistakes despite his limitations as a center, um, He, I think part of the reason Spoh's trying P.J. and even K.Z. initially um, in that big role is, you know, with, with, with Deadman in there, you have to play drop, right? You're going to play drop a lot. Um, you're not going to be switching as much uh, as, when we, as when you have Bam in there. Now, with with your seven, you have to do the same thing. So all of a sudden, the Heat's defense is goes from like switching the most in the NBA to pretty much not switching much because you're playing two traditional bigs who can't play that type of scheme. You know, you're playing the traditional drop coverage. So I feel like Spo, while he's conceded the fact that he can't do it with Deadman on the floor, he still wants to find minutes for that type of defense. And PJ gives you that, and so does KZ. Um, so, you know, again, that's just my guess as to why he's trying that. Um, but, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I think especially with Jimmy and Bam both out, you kind of have to go all in on offense. You're not going to be a good defensive team with your two best defensive players and two of the best 
defenders in the NBA. Yeah. You know, not on the court. All right. Do you want to talk about Mario Cristobal now? Sure. Let's do it. Um, so what was your favorite part of his, uh, interview session? The, the Cuban coffee chatter? That and the fact that, uh, when he was, when he was asked to answer a question in Spanish and he kind of said, oh, I don't know. I haven't really used Spanish much because I've been in Oregon and Alabama. And then he proceeded to answer the question in like almost nearly perfect Spanish, but said that his, if his, if he would have made a mistake, his mom would have thrown a shoe at him, which is just... The my, most Miami thing ever. I laughed at that. And, yeah, the, the, the fact that he's, like, so out there about his Cuban, his love for Cuban coffee, I think he even mentioned croquetas in his press conference. Yeah, he did. Uh, that was pretty awesome, too. So he's from your neck of the woods, too. Westchester mm-hmm. guy, right? It's, yeah, it's I, live about a, I, I live about, like, a fourth of a mile away from Columbus, which is where I went to high school. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's it, – he's, the these Columbus people are really excited. And you know yes, the way Columbus yeah. people like they're they're everywhere. And my I think he gave a line. Someone asked about his like Columbus. Uh, I think someone asked about the Moss brothers, who obviously were there and big Miami donors, um, Columbus guys. He says if you're like I think his line was if you're Cuban and you went to Columbus, you know like seventy two percent of Miami, and that's the way it feels with Mario Cristobal right now. Yeah, Miami's like the smallest big city ever. I feel like. Like yeah, it's really easy. Like there's different communities, right? Like if if you're in, you know, the Cuban community, it feels like yeah. you know everyone. If you're from Liberty City, you know everyone from Liberty City. Like it's it's yeah. very like, you know, people say it's a it's a segregated city in a lot of ways, but it it does make it like a very a lot of small communities. It feels like yeah, no, that's anything. a good that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's you know Mario's definitely not the first Cuban coach we've had with the Hurricanes. I mean, we just had one. Um, but you know the fact that I think he's played here, right? He he ha- he coached here even as an assistant, yeah. grad good assistant, coach too. Good assistant coach. Um, I guess Manny was a good assistant coach too. So yeah, and, and but and also the fact that he's coached, been a head coach in a major program and been yeah. successful. And worked um, at Alabama. I think that 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 gets like kind of thrown like people. It gets like overlooked, but that's you know that's a big deal too. He worked for Nick Saban. Nick Saban you, likes him. Didn't you win Recruiter of the Year at Alabama? I'm pretty sure he he got Jerry Judy there. Was the two big the two big South Florida guys he got there, and he's gotten a lot. Obviously, were uh, Jerry Judy and uh, Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley, yeah, Calvin Ridley. So it's it's pretty good little track record there. And I'm a huge fan of his offensive line coach. Huge fan. Alex Mirabal, yeah. Five five offensive line coach. Yeah. Also went to Columbus. I gotta. Get, I don't know the story of how he became an offensive line coach. That's what I gotta get. Apparently, he played offensive line at Columbus with Mario, which is amazing. An amazing story itself, because yeah, I'm yeah, sure he wasn't that big back then either. Yeah. Um, but I think he played on the offensive line with Mario at, in high school. So, but yeah, it's it's a it's it, it's a it's a good story. I mean, I, I think you know we'll see if it turns out to be the right hire, right? Um, but it just feel, it felt like the obvious hire, I would say, just Definitely because, right? It, it was the, it was the obvious hire. He's been he's a successful coach. He played at Miami. Um, he coached at Miami. He has a lot of connections on here. He's a great recruiter in this area, which I think is key for any head coach on this team because you know they've been losing so much talent to other programs. Um, you bring in one of the country's top recruiters, that, you know, you hope that that changes a little bit. So. 
Um, pretty amazing that I saw your tweet, David, that uh, he was out in, his, in the same suit at Central's practice hours after his introductory yeah. press conference. I mean, that shows you right there. Yeah, he had, he had four recruiting stops across South Florida. He went from Miami up to Fort Lauderdale over to Plantation. And as anyone, everyone knows, that's not a fun commute to make at uh, 6 p.m. No, I don't know if he like took a helicopter or what, like Nick Saban, but uh, that probably took a while if he was driving at that time. Yeah. Um, and it looked like Tyler Van Dyke was in was happy, right? I mean, that, we talked about that last week. Um, how yeah, I told, I told you not to worry. He's he's staying. He's staying. Unless unless Mario says uh, you're not actually good, but he uh, he you know he you know why he's a great recruiter. He was out there saying Tyler Van Dyke's the best quarterback. Yeah. during his press conference. Yes, you want point. evidence of him being a good recruiter? That there it was it was all it was that, and it was the uh, the him talking about croquetas and Cuban coffee. He knows what he's doing. Yes, he he does. I, I would just wonder how Jake Garcia feels about that, but I guess that's another that's another story for another day. Yeah, uh, it's it's simply uh you know it's it's just good to have a, people be happy, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Miami fans haven't been happy in a long time, so uh, yeah, we, we've got that going for us now. Um, and uh, you know, other than the heat, weirdly good vibes around South Florida sports. Dolphins Things have flipped. Football. Now all of a sudden football is like the feel-good story and the heat is like everyone's, you know, down on the heat because of injuries and different issues. But, um, yeah, two months ago, if you would have told me that the Dolphins and Hurricanes would be the best two best sports stories in South Florida, I would have said you were crazy. But here we are. Here we Things are. change fast, Heat fans, so don't get too down. I mean, in a month yeah. we could be talking about how the Heat found a way to win without Bam and actually had a winning record while he was out. Who knows? Yeah, Matt, Max Schroes making that run at most improved or something like that. Yeah, you just you just never know. All right. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Anthony, you got anything you're working on right now or uh, just, just kind of Heat stuff? Heat stuff. Um, I'll have a piece out next week on, on a Heat player, a prominent Heat player, a well-known Heat player. Those are synonyms. Um, but yes, look out for that next Wednesday. A famous heat player, a, a famous uh, heat player, a yeah, a, a, a heat leader. Um, heat I don't want to give I don't want to give it too many clues. Heat lifer, some might say. Heat lifer, yeah, I guess heat lifer. I guess that's one way to put it. That's for sure. Um, so Isn't yeah, look out for that. Lifer, though, isn't everyone? You play for the heat once, you're a heat lifer. No, not to me. You have to really be, you know, the Andy Ellisbergs of the world, the Eric Spolstra's of the world. Um, you can get into an argument about Dwayne Wade, I guess. He spent so, so much of his career here. I guess you could describe him, describe him as a heat lifer, but I don't know if I would like describe uh, Jay Crowder as a heat lifer, right? That's that's different. Yeah, I guess that's right. I like Jay Crowder, though. I do, too. All right, let's finish there. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. 